Bibles to the book of John. John and the first chapter this morning, John chapter number one. And uh, if you miss any service for any reason, we are now uploading all of them, the, the preaching part, online. Uh, I encourage you to go get those and so you don't miss out on anything. Uh, it's on our website. Uh, we also have a podcast. Uh, and uh, I... I uh, my brother set that up years ago, Caleb, and uh, I talked to him this week. I said, how's that doing? And uh, uh, Thousands of listen and listens already since 2017, and we really paused for two or three years and didn't put anything on there, and we put it back on there uh, all over the U.S., other countries. Uh, not, not that me or you or any of those other preachers on there, but... Uh, the, just the ability of the preached word to travel when it's recorded and sent out is amazing to me. And uh, the Lord is, uh, I, I, uh, he told me one of the places, New York City, uh, Washington, D.C. I said, well, that's a little scary. Uh, you know, who in Washington, D.C. is listening? Well, that might be frightening. Uh, but uh, uh, foreign countries, uh, the Lord has allowed that to, to get out and in our in our community, and so if you uh, you can you can get on our our website uh, and you can find that you can get on our Facebook and you can find that you can get on our podcast uh, and you can find that that sounds formal to me uh, professional uppity uh, our podcast uh, but there it is and so if you miss it uh, you families uh, I, I encourage you to come back on Sunday nights we're going through. Some of the, and not just families, individuals, anybody. We're uh, we're going through in my adult class uh, some of the some of the greatest thoughts for homes. Uh, if you have a home, even if you're the only one that lives in it, this is stuff that can help you. If you have a spouse, this can help you. If you have people that you come in contact with, this can help you. And especially if you have children, uh, if you have children, uh, don't don't come to me. You can come to me. Uh, but, and I'm not going to say I told you so, uh, but the likelihood of, of people with children coming to me and saying, Preacher, I don't know what to do. These children, I'm having a tough time. Uh, and, 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 and the Bible has been taught every Sunday night to help us uh, come get that. And you might find out uh, that God will give you some wisdom on what to do, something that you're not doing. Somebody help me right there. Uh, how many of you this morning have found that the Bible has answers that you didn't even know it had? God speak to you and you say, wow, I didn't even know that was in the Word of God. Uh, well, God puts people in your life that knows that there's some things in there. Come get it. Uh, but if you do miss it, make sure that you pick that up, please. Uh, and I've encouraged our Sunday school teachers who are missing because they're in other classes to, to, be, to be there uh, online listening to that as well when they miss it. All right, let's stand this morning. The book of John and the first chapter. I want to read uh, about 12 verses, 13 verses, 14 verses. I just keep looking and they, they just all look good. So we'll, we'll read about 14 verses this morning and pause uh, and pray and then I'll preach to you the thought the Lord's put in my heart. Uh, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I want to make an announcement to you this morning. I believe that you'll believe this. If not, it makes it, uh, it, makes it no less true. Uh, time has a beginning. Time has an end. Time for me and you has a beginning, and time for me and you has an end. But time apart from me and you has a beginning, and it has an end. But before there was time, there was God. John takes us back to the beginning and says, there was God. And we can go all the way to the end in the book of Revelation. The same author takes us uh, into the book of Revelation and shows us the end and there's God. Aren't you glad before there was time, there was God. And when there is time no more, there is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
Verse 4, I, I want you to pick up on this statement. This is where I'll be preaching this morning. Uh, mainly, this is the thought. In him was life. I want to run that one by you again this morning. In him was life. If you're looking for life, it is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody in here found life and found life worth living? If you have, it's in him that was life. And the life, verse four, was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But I love verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'm glad I'm included in that number this morning. Verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We'll stop reading there. Let's pray. If you'll turn my monitors up just a touch, please. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you this morning for the word. God, thank you for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a salvation. Hallelujah, God, how wonderful it is to know that Thou art mine and I am yours. Lord, thank you this morning for this wonderful truth. Thank you, God. In him was life. And Lord, that's what we're looking for this morning. I pray God you'd help us now for a, for a moment as we preach. Give us unction, wisdom, discernment, and power from God to preach the word of God. Touch us now. Save, deliver, help. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on this thought, uh, the facts of life. I want to preach on some facts of life found in the book of John uh, in these first handful of verses that we've read uh, in the first chapter. Uh, I, I, let me give you just some introductory statements this morning uh, to the book of John. It is different than any other of the Gospels. There are four Gospels in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, of those four, John stands out differently uh, than the other. They're all inspired. They're all the inerrant, infallible word of God, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John is different in his writing. He's different in his uh, standing as he writes. Uh, the book of John was written if my calculations are correct, some hundred years after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, some 70 years after the death of the Lord Jesus, and some 30 years uh, after the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, the temple is torn down, and all that was known when John came into this world has changed. It has been... Uh, According to my estimation, my calculation is I've studied 70 years since his Savior that he walked with, he talked with, he worshiped, and he adored, and he uh, lived beside for three years uh, in the ministry. It's been 70 years since the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the world has changed. Uh, Christianity has, uh, has influenced the world uh, and about this time, about three generations nearly uh, have gone by or at least are alive now. Uh, and Christianity has had different uh, uh, movements. There has been false doctrine that comes in. Uh, John is the last 
of the apostles living. Uh, uh, the disciples the, that would later be the apostles, they've all died, Peter's dead. What he was going to write, he has written. Matthew's already wrote his gospel. It's, 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 it's recorded. Uh, it's been distributed to the church. Uh, Matthew's dead. Mark is dead. Luke is dead. Uh, the apostle Paul, he's dead. By the time John writes his, uh, uh, his uh, gospel and, and, and he's the same author of 1st and 2nd and 3rd John and the book of Revelation, by the time he writes uh, the Apostle Paul, all of his epistles have been written and they've all been read and Paul is dead and in the grave. John stands as the last remaining apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's an old man. He's lived his days. He's the last one alive. Uh, he's an old man. And he sits down and he gives us his account of the life and times of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John's gospel differs from that of the other gospels. If you read the book of John, you'll find that there are, that there are no genealogies in the book of John. The book of Matthew opens up uh, and gives the account of the Lord Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and connects him with the Jewish bloodline. The book of Luke opens up and gives the account of the Lord Jesus as the son of Adam and traces him back and gives his genealogy. But John does not give a genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there, are, there is no manger scene. He does not take us back to the beginning of Christ's humanity. He does not take us to Bethlehem in a manger. Uh, there is no childhood uh, story found in the book of John of the story of Jesus' childhood. There's no baptism. We do not, uh, John does not tell us of when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. Uh, there are no parables in the book of John. It is straight to the point. He's got one thing on his mind and that is to give his account of who Jesus is to the world that is for some 70 years lived without him in a bodily form and John is the last remaining apostle that saw him, heard him, touched him, witnessed him, knew him on a personal basis. And he said, I want to tell you all one more time about who he is. Aren't you glad this morning for the book of John? Uh, Matthew writes his gospel. Matthew is a Jew. Matthew gives us a Jewish account of who the Lord Jesus is. In the book of Matthew, you'll find that Jesus is described, he is uh, taught to us as Israel's Messiah, Israel's King. He is, he is given to us, and, and, and the Holy Ghost put the, the book of Matthew at the beginning of the New Testament because it is a crossover book. It takes us out of Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, and it starts with a genealogy of the Lord Jesus taking him back to David, uh, the king of Israel, taking him back to Abraham, the father of Israel, and connecting the New Testament with the Old Testament. And Matthew says, I want to talk to y'all about the king. I want to tell y'all he is Israel's king. The Messiah has come, uh, and he is the son of David, the son of Abraham. Mark gives his account. Mark is... Uh, a Jew and a Gentile. He's, uh, he's a mix between the two. And Mark gives his account and he presents to us Christ as a lowly servant, as a lowly servant that is come uh, to serve and minister. As a matter of fact, the Bible said about Jesus, Jesus said about himself, uh, I've not come to be ministered unto, uh, but I've come to minister. And Mark presents Jesus as a lowly servant. I want to say I agree with Matthew. He is the king of the Jews. But I also agree with Mark. He is a servant. 
despised and rejected of men. He is a servant. And I'm glad, thank God, that uh, he, uh, 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 he thought it not robbery, Paul wrote in Philippians, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And aren't you glad he's a servant and he came to save? Uh, then Luke. Luke was the only Gentile gospel writer. Luke is a Gentile. Uh, Luke gives us an account of the Lord Jesus and as Matthew presents him as the uh, Israel's Messiah, Mark presents him as a lowly servant. Luke presents him as the son of man. Uh, there are more sinners getting saved in the book of Luke than any of the other gospels. The stories uh, are abundant of sinners coming uh, and being born again uh, left and right. We have in the book of Luke, Jesus is presented as the son of man. Uh, Luke takes him all the way back to Adam uh, and in his genealogy traces him from Adam uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ and says he is a man. He presents him in his humanity. Let us start in Matthew. Uh, again, I'm glad I agree with Matthew. He's the king of the Jews. He is the Messiah who was, who was uh, 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 prophesied that he would come. I'm glad to agree with Mark. He is a lowly servant this morning uh, and he is a servant uh, to you and I. And I'm glad, thank God, I agree this morning with Luke. He is the son of man. I'm glad this morning that he who knew no sin became sin. And he was, we have not an high priest, Hebrews said, that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was born a human in a manger. He had an earthly mother. He lived for 33 years on this world. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus is a man. He is the son of man that Ezekiel spoke of. And Luke gives him to us in that kind of picture. But John's different. John is the last apostle alive. He wraps up the gospels with his first-hand account of Christ. And here's how he presents him. He says he is the son of God. I'm glad he's the son of man. I'm glad he's the lowly servant. I'm glad he's Israel's Messiah. But John said, I want to let all of y'all know. I want to let the whole world know that not only is he the son of man, not only is he the announced Messiah that's come, not only is he a lowly servant, but the Jesus that I know and love, he is the son of the living God. I've got news for you this morning. He's more more than a man, he's more than a good man, he's more than a teacher, but he is God the Son and the Son of God. Luke, or John, presents him as the Son of God. He goes all the way back to the beginning of time and he says, there he is, y'all, look at him. Uh, Genesis takes us back to the beginning of the world uh, and says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John said, that's how far back I wanna go. I, I wanna go further back than his earthly birth. I wanna go back to when man began. I wanna go back to Adam and beyond that and say before this world was, there was God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He goes all the way back to eternity before time. John does not just tell us about Christ's life. He reveals to you and I that Christ is life. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He wants the world to know before he leaves that this man Jesus that I know is God and he is the God man. He is God the Son and the Son of God and he is all existing before time and after time. 
Uh, there is in our day, there was in John's day, those that looked at Jesus as a good man, a good teacher, a minister, a kind man, a compassionate man, a man that you should follow after and study behind, but they denied the deity of the Lord Jesus. John don't even waste time arguing with them. He don't even ask them questions or reason with them. He just said, I'm gonna tell you what I know, and what I know is I know him, and I watched him, I witnessed him, I heard him speak, never a man spake like this man. And what I wanna tell y'all is he's God that was in the beginning. Before time was, the word was. Before the world was, the word was. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I'm glad, thank God this morning, that the Savior that is mine is God. He is God from eternity. There are 21 books or 21 letters uh, or chapters rather in the book of John. 21 chapters in the book of John. John's uh, theme it seems is to present Christ as the son of God, the life of men. As a matter of fact, that is what we read in verse three, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. That's what everybody's looking for. I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. I want to live it up. I want to live it out. I want to live my life. Leave me alone. Let me live. I want to live. That's what young people say. That's what adults say. That's what sinners say. That's why folks aren't here this morning. They said, I'd, I'd go to church, but man, I got a life to live. And what I want to say to you is what John said. If you want life, look at him. If you want to live, it's in Jesus. Life is bound up in who Jesus is. In him was life. That word uh, life is mentioned some 36 times in 21 chapters in the book of John. Jesus is described as life. As a matter of fact, I began studying and I'm still giving you some introductory thoughts and I'm going to preach on the facts of life that you and I need to know this morning. But uh, 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 the, uh, the book starts, the book of John starts by John revealing that Christ is life. Verse number four, in him was life. He starts the book off and he says, in him was life. If you go to the middle of the book of John, chapter 10, verse number 10, somewhere around the middle, John is still reminding us that Christ is alive. John 10, 10, the thief cometh but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In the beginning of John's gospel, he said he's the life. In the middle of John's gospel, he said he's the life. And then you get to the end of John's gospel. John chapter 20, verse number 31. Uh, here's what the Bible said. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. John said, I'm gonna start the book off and I'm gonna introduce y'all to life. Jesus is alive. Somewhere around the middle, we're gonna talk about the life. He's come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And before I get to the end of the book, we're gonna talk about the life one more time uh, that you might have life. In the beginning, in the middle, and in the end, and everywhere in between, uh, Jesus is alive. You say, preacher, what does that have to do with me? In the beginning of your life, he's alive. In the middle of your life, he's alive. At the end, he's alive and there is no life beyond his life that he gives. There's a whole lot of people that are existing today but not everybody's living. There's a lot of people breathing air and existing in a world like everybody else. Getting by going on living a, a, an existence. Uh, but Jesus said, I want y'all to know I've come that you might have life. Jesus is the life. I'm glad, thank God, 30 years ago, I started living. 30 years ago, I met the life and the light of this world, and he has given me life abundantly. 
36 times that word life, everywhere in between the book of John, he writes about Jesus as the life. I don't know what you've got planned for your life. I don't know what you're in the middle of this morning. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you think living is. But I promise you it's not found in a bottle, whether a pill bottle or an alcohol bottle. It's not found in an entertainment. It's not found in a friend outside of the friend, the Lord Jesus. Life is not wrapped up in a lifestyle. Life is not, life is not wrapped up in some what thing that you call freedom uh, to do what you want to do. Life is wrapped up in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. John said, I saw him, I heard him, I touched him, I handled him, I knew him, and I want y'all to know I knew life. I know life because I know the life, the Son of God. Anybody want to bear witness with that this morning? Life. John teaches us about the facts of life. If life is what you're looking for this morning, I want to give you about three facts that you need to keep in mind about the facts of life. Isn't that a wonderful introduction to the book of John? Not that I did it, but it's just interesting uh, knowing uh, the differences in the book of John and what John had in mind as he wrote about the Savior. This is the John who laid his head on the bosom of Christ. This is the John, the beloved. This is the one all the rest of them were mad at because he was so close to Jesus. This is the John that on the cross of Calvary, he looked down and looked at his mother and he said, Woman, behold thy son and he looked at John and said I'm leaving and she ain't going to have anybody behold thy mother you take care of my this is John the beloved John said I knew him I knew him and I know him and I've lived because of him and I want to say again this morning I knew him and I know him and I've lived because of him would anybody be willing to testify that you know him and you've lived because you know him what a life I feel sorry for people that think they're living without Jesus. I do. I feel sorry for, th- for folks that think they've got it made in the shade and they're getting by without him. They, 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 listen, you can have all the money in the world and not live. You can have all the friends in the world and not live. You can have all the entertainment in the world and not live, but you can take away all the money in the world. You can take away all the friends in the world. You can take away all the entertainment in the world. And if you've got Jesus, you've got something to get up in the morning and live your life with joy in your spirit. Let me give you these facts of life. I got that song in my head now. From that 80s TV show. Uh, The first fact that I want you to see this morning is there is an announced fact in the book of John. An announced fact. Verse number four in him was life and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The first fact of life that I want you to see this morning is that there is an announced fact in John chapter number 1. John said, light has come into the world. Uh, big, big, big statement here. John says, I'm about to make a statement. I want y'all to listen to, to what I'm about to say. I'm about to make, as Brother Bagwell would say, an announcement. I'm about to make an announcement. John says, light has come into darkness. Light has come into the world. That is a fact. That is a fact this morning that Jesus is the light. That is a fact this morning uh, that Jesus is the light of God. That is a fact this morning that Jesus as the light came into a dark world and revealed himself to a lost and dying world. And that is a fact worth rejoicing in whether you know him or not. If you don't know him, you can rejoice now you can know him. If you do know him, you can rejoice it is by his grace and mercy and the revelation of who he is that I am able to know him because light has come into darkness. Light has come into my world and with that light comes life that only comes through that light. 
There is the announced fact. Uh, darkness. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. First uh, John chapter 1, verse number 5, the Bible said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Matthew chapter number four, verse number 16 uh, tells us uh, that the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy has come to pass in the person of the Lord Jesus. Here's what the prophecy says. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. He said there would be a people, Isaiah said, sitting in darkness, but one day the light would walk in. There would be a people that would be in the shadow of death, but one day uh, they would spring up a light out of Bethlehem. The wise men said, uh, we saw, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. You know what they said? Uh, we were sitting around in the dark, uh, minding our business, taking care of our stuff, and we saw a light that shined and we knew it was him. The light has come into the darkness. I don't know where you were when the light turned on in your life, a sinner. Does anybody remember wandering around in sin aimlessly? I'm gonna need some help this morning. Aimlessly and hopelessly and hell bound without Jesus. But one day through the person of the Holy Ghost, the light was turned on and you walked into the light and realized I am a sinner but he is the Savior. I don't have to live in darkness because the light has been announced to me the light uh, the uh, uh, facts of life here is there is an announced fact that light hath shined in darkness I wrote three simple things down about light in our text here number one it expels it expels you know what darkness is Darkness is the absence of light. Uh, if the sun were to quit shining tonight or today and we turned all the lights off outside, the, the lights we have, we turn off all the lights inside here and blocked up all the windows and anywhere light could get in and this place would be uh, 6,000 square foot roughly. Uh, well, maybe not quite that much, but um, several thousand square foot of, of, uh, of darkness. That's a lot of darkness. Huh? That's a lot of darkness. I mean, the whole place filled with darkness and, and, and it's so dark you can't see your face in front of your hand and all the darkness that, that's here and, uh, and, and it would just be, I mean, just be filled with darkness. And you can take one little light or you can take one little candle and light it and that, that, that little light, in spite of all that darkness would open up the inside of this building. Are you hearing me? Just a little bit of light in a whole lot of darkness. See, when light is turned on, it expels darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Where there is no light, there is darkness. But when you turn on the light, the darkness has to run into the corners, the darkness has to flee from that light. Light expels darkness. Jesus came into this world and he said, I am the light of the world. I've got news for you this morning. The light is here. The light is here. If you don't want to go to hell, there's light. If you don't want to live in sin, there's light. If you don't want to live a, a life of death and hell and deception and corruption, there's enough light. You say, preacher, I don't have a whole lot of light. Thank God it don't take a whole lot of light. Just a little bit of light expels a whole lot of darkness. Light expels darkness. Light exposes. Light exposes. You turn on the light and you can find stuff. You turn on the light, you can see stuff them places where you were hanging out before Jesus saved you uh, and some of you had some places you was hanging out before Jesus saved you and you only went there at night when all the lights were off and everything was dark you wouldn't want to see what that place looked like in the daytime 
The lie exposes. Oh, I'm glad for the day. Living in my sin, the light was turned on and I saw it for what it was. I saw me for who I was. I saw me for what I am. I saw my existence. John said, I'm gonna tell y'all, it was dark, nobody knew it. But one day we were sitting in the shadows of death. One day we were sitting in darkness and the Lord Jesus walked in. John the Baptist said, this is him whom I spake of. John the apostle said, I'm telling you about him. God became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And not only did he expand, darkness but he exposed what the darkness was hiding that's why we all sit around and wonder how come they can't fix this in Washington that's why we all sit around and wonder why in the world are they calling abortion reproductive health care and, 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 and they're mad at us calling us hate mongers because we don't like the dismemberment of babies living in the womb because they're sitting in darkness and as long as they're sitting in darkness they can't see but I'm no longer in darkness hallelujah to God I can see what I never could have saw before I can see what they can't see I can see the hidden things of my life because the light and the more you walk into the light the more the Holy Ghost will show you Uh, John chapter 3 verse number 19 Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he said, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Light has come into the world and when light came into the world, it exposed men for who they were. It exposed men for what they are. Do you know why some people hate the church? Do you know why some people despise? I mean, you you think, what's a little crowd like us gonna do to offend the whole world? Why why are they so upset that there's a church here and a church there? I mean, have you ever thought about what is it so threatening about us to them? Why is there laws being passed against us? Why are there protests against us? Why are there teachings against us? What is it about a little crowd like me and you that is so threatening? Because it don't take a whole lot of light to expose a whole lot of stuff. And men, this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Do you know why when you want to live in sin you got to hate this place? Do you know why, young people, when you want to live in sin you have to despise the school and the teaching and the word of God? You have to mold what goes on in here because there's darkness that you don't want exposed and the light exposes your darkness and you love darkness rather than light. Can't have too much church. (laughs) That light shining all the time. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Well, I gotta get out of that light. Well, I'm glad for the day I got over trying to get out of the light and realize I need to get under the light. Hallelujah. I'm glad, thank God, David said, search me. You know what he said? God, turn the light on. Look in the dark crevices of my heart. Look where I can't see. Turn the light on and expose me for who I am. And when you do, I'll repent of it and get it right. Thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. You know what the psalmist said? Boy, I'm glad I got a Bible because this Bible is a lamp and it's a light. I can see what I could not see. Otherwise, I'd be stumbling around in darkness. Otherwise, I'd be stumbling around in sin. Otherwise, I'd be depraved and immoral and living a life of depravity. But God sent his light into the world to expose and expel. Not only that, but to explain. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. The darkness said, I don't know what this means. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't understand what this is. But the light not only expels darkness, the light not only exposes hidden things, but the light explains itself, its purpose. 
wherever you were when God saved you, you was wandering around in darkness like everybody else. And the light come on and really, you, you know, you, know, you kind of tried to hide from it because it was starting to expose some stuff. You know what that's called? Conviction. It's the same word we use when people's about to get locked up. They are convicted. Now they are convicts. They are cons. Huh? God put you under conviction. If you never got under conviction, you never got reborn. You may have turned over seven new leaves, but you never got reborn. If you've never been convicted about your sin, if God never arrested you and said, you're a sinner, you're on your way to hell, and you said, God, you're right, I'm a sinner on my way to hell, would you save me? You've never been born again. God has to convict a sinner. So you see that light? That light begins to expose you begin to see things and here's the, here's the great truth of this and the more you lean into the light the more God exposes but the more you begin to understand and God will birth you in his family and you'll begin to go to church and the preacher will preach and they'll give you a Bible and you'll take that Bible home and you'll sit down and you'll say, no, I never have understood this book. I mean, it's hard, you know. I don't understand the these and the thous and the, and the, and the therefores and the wherefores and, 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 and I don't understand the, 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 the Hebrew traditions and I don't understand the, the Greek. I don't understand all of the, uh, the, the, the things about the Bible, the Greek customs of the New Testament. I don't understand all of it. But you begin to read it and you know what? It'll explain itself. You begin to read it and the Holy Ghost will talk to you where you need to be talked to. He'll say, and you're never going to understand all of it. You can read it your whole life. You can live for God every day of your life. You can read the Bible and pray for your entire existence and you'll never understand all of it. But the longer you live in the light, the more the light will explain itself to you. So I wish I... Know about the Bible like so and so, then hang out in the light. Sunday night, there's light. Sunday morning, there's light. Wednesday night, there's light. Revival meetings, there's light. Church get together, there's light. The internet, there's preaching, there's light. Reading your Bible, there's light. Praying, there's light. At the Christian school, there's light. Is anybody hearing me this morning? And the light explains. There is an announced fact. And here's what the Bible said. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. How many of you believe your Bible this morning? That light lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You say, preach over there in uh, Nairobi, Africa, there in Venezuela, there in in, in, in uh, Ukraine, there in, um, you know, Honduras. It's dark. They, they don't have the light we have. That may be so. But according to John and Romans, the Apostle Paul said they are inexcusable because they, when, they, when they knew him as God, they glorified him not as God. And John said light was coming to the world that lighteth every man. You've got two things. You've got the knowledge of creation and you've got the knowledge of your conscience. And creation tells you that this didn't blow up and get here. I heard two illustrations about that that I love. Uh, that, that the, 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 as complex as this world is, as complex as animal life is, plant life is, the heavens and the earth and the ocean, as complex as humanity is, our minds, our body, our cells, our atoms, all that makes us up. And, and for that to have happened by an accident, by an explosion, here's two things that illustrate that. That is as absurd as saying that the Ford truck that I'm driving got here because there was an explosion at the Ford factory in Kentucky. The Ford factory blew up and produced that truck and I drove it off the lot. You wouldn't believe that? How foolish are you this morning that you believe that all of this much more complex than that little truck I'm driving, all of this blew up and you walked in here on two legs this morning with ears that hear, eyes that see, and a mouth that talks and hands that touch and a mind that knows and a heart that loves. You won't talk about foolishness. Here's the other illustration that there was an explosion at the print shop and the dictionary came out of that with all the words of all the language. 
absurdity. Absolute insanity. I tell you, men have to get dumber and dumber to hide in the darkness. I mean, if you go hide in darkness, you gotta show how foolish you really are. I guess I'd hide in darkness if I was gonna be that dumb too. You have creation that tells you. Here's what I believe. In, in Nairobi, in Venezuela, in Uganda, in, in, in Argentina, in Mexico, in the U.S., wherever you are, and maybe you're in a place like Alaska or, or Montana. I know here in the South there's churches everywhere, but maybe there's a remote place in the U.S. and you've not heard the gospel message. I, I've preached in different places in, in Colorado and Vermont, and those places are cold to the gospel. You say, preacher, there's not a whole lot of light. No, but there's a creator. There's a creation and it bears witness to who he is every day. And I believe this, if you're in a deep dark jungle somewhere and you look up at that totem pole that you've been worshiping and you know that stick ain't ever moved. You know that pole ain't ever gone nowhere, but since it was made, it has rotted and decayed. And you look over at that little stone that you had to carve with your hand, and you had to fashion it and form it and mold it and sculpt it, and you put it there on this little pedestal, and since you put it there, it's never moved. It stayed there ever since you put it there. And if it ever does move, you gotta go pick it up and move it. And if you're looking at your little totem pole, and you're looking at your little sculpture that you've made and that you've nailed down at the altar of that sculpture and worshipped every day, and you say, surely to good Goodness, there's more. Surely I didn't get here by that sculpture that I made. Surely that totem pole didn't put me here. There must be more to life. Honey, there's gospel in the stars. There's gospel in the air. There's gospel all around you. The birds are singing His praise. All creation is groaning of the glories of God. There is a creator and He is God of all. There's light. And so you walk into that light and you say something like this. There's got to be more than this. Surely there is. And God says, huh, that old boy's leaned into light. And he goes over to Georgia. And he finds a fella that's just wanting to live for God. And he says, hey, I got a job for you. I want, I want you to go to Venezuela. I want you to go to the Philippines. I want you to go to Alaska. I want you to go to Uganda. I want you to go to Albania or Argentina. And what that fellow don't know, and God puts that call in his heart, is that there's a fellow over there looking for light, and he got a little bit of light, and he's leaned into it. Boy, I'm having fun preaching. He's leaned into that light, and he said, I've seen a light. It's darkness, but that little flicker. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost goes all the way across the world and says, I'm gonna raise you some money. I'm gonna put a holy call down in your soul that you can't get around. I'm gonna speak to your wife too. And I'm gonna do something for her. I'm gonna put some courage down in the spirit of your children and y'all are gonna go. And, and, they, and they pack up everything they got. They sell everything they can. And they head off to another land. And what they don't know is that they're there at the request of some little poor soul sitting in darkness looking for light. And one day by happenstance, <laughs> that preacher, that missionary walks into that same little town where that fella was looking for light. And he said, I come to tell you all about light. And that old boy said, hmm, that's what I've been looking for. Oh, are y'all hearing me this morning? Oh, I love him. I love him. I love him. There ain't nothing better. There ain't nobody but Jesus can do something like that. There ain't nobody but the Lord that can do something like that. Kevin joined our church Sunday. If I'm right about this, born and raised in the Philippines, a missionary come to their town and preach the gospel and he's sitting in here this morning in a Baptist church saved and a member of the church filled with the Lord. Why? Because somebody was looking for light in darkness and the light walked into the darkness and Jesus is that light. He's the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The light of creation, the light of 
conscience. I mean, you do have a mind. <laughs> at some point, you look at that totem pole and you say, man, I'm just dumb. I believe that, that stick put me here. And God will introduce you to another piece of wood. And it ain't that wood that did anything for you, but it's the man that hung on it. It ain't that wood that changed your life, but it's the man that hung there on that cross between two worlds. Between heaven and earth, he hung. And he bled and he died in my stead, in my place. And when I look, I can live. The light, the life is announced. Hallelujah. Facts of life is there is an announced I'm debating on whether just to quit and be done or finish it. Probably, probably going to offend one half of you one way or the other. Half of you's like, yeah, finish it. The other half of you's like, no, we can wait till next Sunday. I understand both sides. Because those of you who know me real well know that I hardly ever finish anything. If I walk away from it, it might be done. Can I give it to you quickly? It's 1226. There's an announced fact. There is not only an announced fact, but there is an alarming fact. It's a fact of life. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. John 3, again, verse 19, this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Here's the alarming fact that the light came into the world and the world received him not. They rejected him. Romans 1, when they knew him as God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. Isn't that the mark of a sinful generation that they've lost all ability to be thankful? They knew him not as God, they would not glorify him as God, they would not thank him as God. This is the condemnation. Light is coming in the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Verse 9, John 1, John chapter 1, verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Them that he created rejected him. Them that he lived among rejected him. Came to his own. That's the nation of Israel. That was the one group that should have received him, and they rejected him. He made them. He fashioned them. He breathed into the nostrils of Adam after he made the nostrils of Adam and breathed in the Adam and Adam became a living being, a living soul. And yet it was Adam's very race that looked at the God that created them and said, we don't want you. And what's amazing about that is that they knew that he was real. They had, they had Abel, they had Cain, they had Abel's descendants, they had Cain's descendants, they had Seth's descendants, and they knew that he was real. They knew he was real, but every generation went a little further and said, but we don't want you, we don't want you. And that's what Romans said when they knew him to be God. They knew who he was, but they glorified him not as God. And I want you to hear me. Some of you walked in here this morning, and you know he's God, you know he's God, you know he's God, you know he's real, you know he's coming, but you've determined in your heart I don't want you I don't want you to intervene in my life I don't want you to interfere in my life I don't want you to cause me to swallow my pride I don't want anything to change in my life I want you to leave me alone and that is the alarming fact of life is that men that knew him men that believed that he was real but they would not receive him and it's still just as an alarming fact this morning men that would look at God and say I know I need you I know I need you but there's no way I'm swallowing my pride going to an altar there's no way I'm asking you to save me I need no savior I want no savior and I do not want your intervention and your interference in my life I'll go to church if I have to I'll give if I need to but I will not bow my head and say that I am a, save, or a sinner in need of a savior it is an alarming fact that's still alarming today he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not An alarming fact. He was denied by the world. Some just said, I just don't believe. Others, he was despised. They said, I hate him. I want nothing to do. Crucify. Give us Barabbas. Crucify him. 
Can you imagine how demon-possessed, can you imagine how dark a generation would have to be to look at a man like Barabbas, a murderer and a thief, and said, take him off the cross, take him out of the dungeon, take him out of prison, release him back into society. We'll live with the murderer, we'll live with the thief. But that man who claims to be God, who healed the leper, who healed the blind, who touched the sick, who caused the deaf to hear, put him on that cross. We would rather live with a thief and a murderer than a man named Jesus who's trying to change our life. We don't want God. Help us this morning. I should have quit. We don't want our life messed up. We don't want our life messed with. We don't want God intervene. And yet you'll pile up in a car with a murderous drug outfit that's trying to destroy your life and take your life to hell before you'll get on an altar and say, God, I'm a sinner and I want you. It's an alarming fact of the foolishness of man. You're not as smart as you think you are if you'd say, take Barabbas down, put Jesus up. Give us the murderer. But don't give us the Savior. Now I'm feeling some anger stirring up. Because in our education system all over America... They say take him down off the wall, take him down off the statue, take him down off the cross, take him down out of the education, take him down off the political system, take him down off the platforms of this world. We don't want Jesus. Why are they not upset with Buddha? Would somebody ask, answer that question? Why are they not upset with Buddha? Why are they not upset with Muhammad? Why are they not upset with the Muslim religion, with the Islamic religion? Why are they not upset with the Buddhist religion and the religion of the monks? Why are they not upset with him? I tell you why. Because there's only one man that is God the Son and the Son of God. John said, I know him. He's the light that shines in darkness. And the darkness hates him because he exposes who they are. It's an alarming fact of life. I wish it were not so. But unfortunately it is. But here's lastly, and I love it, an, an astounding fact of life. There is, a, um, there is an announced fact of life. He's the light. There is an alarming fact of life. Yet men knew him not and received him not. But there is an astounding fact of life. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Here's the astounding fact of life, but as many as received him. So many rejected him. So many despised him. So many ridiculed him, criticized him, and crucified him. But as many as received him. I'm in that number. I'm there. That's me. He's talking about me now. I don't know if he's talking about you, but I know he's talking about me. But as many, aren't you glad, boys, for the day that you received him? But as many as received him. That's an outstanding, astounding, amazing fact of life. You can receive him. Here's how the Bible gives it to us. As many as received him, watch this now. To them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There's three actions that take place. Receive, become, believe. I'll throw this out here at you, give you two verses and be done. That's how a sinner gets saved. Here's the order of salvation. I believe the Holy Ghost had John write, to as many as received him first because that's missed out in a whole lot of salvation experiences, so-called. But receiving is just as big a part of salvation as believing. How does a sinner get saved? They believe. And here's what the Bible said to many, even to them that believe on his name. You gotta believe on his name. The prophecy was fulfilled in his birth and he said... His name shall be called Jesus, right? 
He should be the Savior of the world. He said, His name is Jesus, and you're going to have to believe on Him in His name because in His name it reveals to us He's the Savior of the world. So I have to believe that He's Jesus, and I have to believe that He's God, and I have to believe that He's Savior, which also means that I have to believe that I need a Savior. Is that not how a sinner gets saved? It's more than just believing that he's God because the devil believes he's God. He spoke to him. Cain believed he was God. He spoke to him. But he believed that he was God. But here's where Seth got saved. He believed he was God. And he believed he needed him. Here's where Paul got saved. He didn't just believe he was God, the son. But he believed that he's God and I need him. He's the Savior. This is where John got saved. He didn't just believe that he was God, but he believed he was God who come to save and he come to save someone like me. He's God that saves and he's not just their Savior, but I need a Savior as well. That's where believing comes in. Here's where receiving comes in. It's one thing for me to believe he's God. It's another thing for me to believe he's God that I need. You might be sitting here this morning and you believe he's God and you believe he's God you need, but you've never been saved. got to be received that's faith and repentance I got to receive him I got to receive him which means that I I've got to come to him say God not only do I believe you're God not only believe that you're God that's Savior and I need a Savior but God I'm asking you to come to me I'm receiving you as my Savior here's two actions human part believe and receive he said, I want you to believe and I want you to receive. I want you to believe and I want you to receive. To them gave you power to become. And God said, now I'm going to do the God part that you can't do. You believe. I come to you. You saw me. You saw the light. You believe and you receive. And I'll do the God part you can't do and I'll make you to become. Oh, y'all help me right there. You'll become. That's the new birth you become. Let me ask you something about your salvation. Did it ever make you become anything? There's a whole lot of folks said, Preacher, I believe, and they never became anything. They never became a Christian, never became a church member, never became a, never became a Bible reader, never became a prayer, never became a witness, never became a, 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 a person who desires to live after the will of God, never became anything. He said, You, you believe, you receive, and I'll give you power to become. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever believe and you ever receive, just like that, he'll make you become his child, his child. Somebody help me right there this morning. I'm glad for the day I come to God believing, I come to God receiving, and God come to me and he made me to become a child of God. Now Ephesians 5, 8, for we were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye the light in the Lord I'm sorry, but ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the, uh, in the, in the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.5, 5, ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the light nor of darkness. Matthew 5.14 said, ye are the light of the world. I'm done preaching. I appreciate your attention this morning, but I want to say there's an announced fact of life. He's the light. He's the life. There's a, an alarming fact of life. You can miss him. You can reject him. You can dismiss him. You can despise him. But there's an astounding fact of life. You can receive him. You can receive him. He's come to you. He said, would you believe me and receive me? And if you will, I will make you become. And, 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 and here's what I love, the next verse. As many as were born, talking about that new birth, as many as were born, which were born, not of blood. You're not gonna get born again this morning because of your blood kin, who your daddy, your mama, your grandparents, the people you married into, who they are. You wasn't born of God of, of, of your natural blood. You was born again by his blood, but you wasn't born because of who you were born into in this life. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, just because you, you say, well, I, 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 you know, I think I'm gonna be all right. 
I, I really want to be all right. And he said, that didn't work either. Nor of the will of man. He said, ain't no man ever been able to make you. I wish by my will I could save everybody in here this morning. I wish that I could will it upon your life and say, I want you to be saved, therefore you're saved. I wish I could say, I want you to go to heaven with me and I could guarantee you a place in heaven, but salvation don't come by who you're born to. It don't come by the will of your flesh and it don't come by the will of man. No one else can will it on you. But here's where it comes. But of God. If you'll receive, if you'll believe, he'll make you become. Boy, wouldn't it be wonderful this morning? You walked in here with a little bit of light and you walked in here with a whole lot of darkness but today you can walk out with light and life in yourself and in your soul. Would you come to the light and in therefore doing so come to the life? It's worth living. Let's stand this morning all over the building. Thank you. How many of you would come? Maybe you want to thank the Lord where you are. Maybe you want to come get an altar and thank the Lord. Thank God for the life. God, I want to thank you for life. Oh, what a joy it is to live, not just live and breathe in this life, but live life worth living through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as she sings and we bow and pray. Hallelujah.